He's worth at least a touchdown. Okay, so it's, yeah, it's very significant. Yeah. So I understand why they did that. Sucks for them, but it's just the way it is sometimes. You can't be unlucky. Perfect segue into tonight's game. Talk about a quarterback being worth a touchdown. Joe Burrow, man, I miss him. I think his teammates do, too. Yeah, I was looking at the spread for this game earlier. I was like, holy smokes, 10 points. Do you think this would be around three? I know Jacksonville's the home team. I but do. I think it yeah. would be around the field goal. Yeah. Don't you? I think so, too. I mean, you can still get the Jags nine and a half. Go ahead, Mike. You can still get the Jags nine and a half, which I'm, I'm flirting with that. Man, like, uh, Browning didn't play terribly against Pittsburgh. Now, I don't really, like, think Pittsburgh's all that good, man, but I don't know. I'd see maybe the books are over accounting for Burrow. It's so hard to tell with just it being a tiny sample. And you have T. Higgins back, but you still have to have someone get him the football. You're right. Browning wasn't terrible. They still finished with 10 points. That surprises me too. 73% completion, 8.7 yards per attempt adjusted when you take away throwaways. That's pretty good. It's not bad. Here's a problem, though. This team has no ability to lean on the run game at all. Like, there's some other teams that you you might lose a, a quarterback for a game or two, and you're like, all right. Like, imagine imagine if the Browns still had Nick Chubb, right? And you you just feed Nick Chubb the football as much as possible. And then you know what happens? As long as your defense holds up, Nick Chubb's going to start to wear down that opponent by mid-third quarter and start ripping off 30-yard runs. Joe Mixon's been... As you would, he has not been a wagon, as you would say, at all. <laughs> He's been pedestrian, very much so. And yeah, I don't I mean, even know how much of it's his fault. Yeah, I agree. I actually love Joe Mixon, especially when he was younger. He's a little long in the tooth now, but he spent a career playing behind, I don't know, a bottom 10 offensive line. And some of those have been even worse, like bottom three. They've improved slightly to this point, but it's still not a strength for this team. Scott and Burrow killed a couple of times in his career already, too. So it's not just Mixon suffering either. Well, you always told me you were a big fan of Joe Mixon off the field, right? Huge fan. Yeah. That's a, that led you to no one bigger. Yeah. You didn't even know he played football. And then you're like, man, this guy, Jack of all trades. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Good morning. Welcome to the stochastic.com NFL showdown strategy show. I'm Dave Lockhart at Lafay underscore D on the Twitter. It's L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D in case you were wondering. Joined, as always, by Matt underscore Gajeski, Matt Gajeski himself. Hey, I'm glad to be back, man. Been a, been a, about a week since I did a showdown strategy show. We're happy to have you, man. It was fun hanging out with Aton, but now we're back to business, talking some football, man. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Good to be back. Good to be back with you guys. Yeah, we was on the deeper dive yesterday, so uh, we're 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 back. It takes a second to to get your get your feet back underneath you, but we're here, and we're talking about a kind of ugly game. I mean, look, dude, if this was Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, that's a hell of a fun game. Really, it's a good game. Uh, but now you're talking about a ten point spread at most books. Jake Browning, you get T Higgins back in the mix, which I suppose is helpful. Uh, again. A lot more helpful if you've got Joe Burrow. I think our mics were hot when you and I talked about this before we formally kicked this show off. But I pretty much agree. This this is probably a field goal game. Jags minus three, maybe maybe minus three and a half. I'm not convinced, though. I mean, I would honestly think you're talking around the field goal game if Joe Burrow's in on this one and you have T. Higgins back, which they do. Yeah, I think you're right. Just Burrow worth so much to this team. We were also talking about the offensive line. I'm not sure when the mics got hot. And teams that are able to lean on their run game with their strong offensive lines in the event they have quarterback issues. Burrow's just so good, and he's mobile enough to navigate the pocket, a pocket that can be chaotic when they're allowing pressure. And he does so much for that offense individually that they can overcome some of those deficiencies. Now you move to Browning. He had a reasonable game, I think. Definitely a downgrade. And we were debating how much he's worth to the spread. I don't know. It's just a lot to overcome moving forward for Cincinnati. I don't think they're live for anything in the postseason. Now it's can they cover spreads? And is Browning really a touchdown drop-off compared to Burrow? And I think that's still up for debate, but it's going to be close. 
Well, glad to have you guys with us. As always, few comments I want to hit on in chat. First off, Sean saying a tone. That's right. And appreciate the kind words, man. Yes. Take one single second out of your morning. If you're here at nine o'clock on a Monday morning, maybe at six o'clock where you are, maybe it's seven or eight. Take a second. Hit that thumbs up. Get your day started off right. I'm telling you, things will go well for you. If nothing else, though, it's greatly appreciated. It helps us a ton. Subscribe to the channel. And don't forget, all of our stuff is in podcast form as well. Ben and I will be doing our podcast exclusive tomorrow. But anything that has any shelf life like this, maybe you know you just want to listen with your phone off. Maybe YouTube's throwing ads at you, whatever. All of that in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen. And if you're there, leave a rating and a review. That stuff uh, goes a long way for us. We appreciate you in advance. So huge beats. I'm ashamed. I forgot to atone. 6 a.m. here. Forgive. You're forgiven, man. You, you, you have atoned for it. That's why we do this. That is why we do this. Uh, Javier, Matt, split first on owner's box. Uh, showdown slate last night. Thank you all for everything. Nice little bankroll booster. Our guys have been crushing owner's box. Yeah, man, that overlay is going to help you significantly. Not always just win, but it's going to increase your cash rate, everything like that. And in addition to there being overlay, we have tools for it. So everything that's helping you with DK, FanDuel, whatever you play, prize picks, any of the pick em places, that's also going to help you directly with owner's box. We have our tools. I would suggest using them. They've been awesome so far this year. But yeah, congrats to you. That's a big win. Awesome. Uh, and last thing. Rance said, uh, Moss didn't hit, huh? LOL was in a good spot. You know, the funny thing about Moss, I had some, I had some jerk off trying to come at me on Twitter about that yesterday, which by the way, he was coming at me for something I did on Tuesday where I threw a lineup out there and I was like, Hey, look, you can build two a double stacks. Wasn't saying play this. I was just mad. It was simply a demonstration like you or I would do on this show of here's, here's what this lineup would look like if you built it like this. Right. And he's like, Oh, Man, how about Moss? Like, yeah, how about those 21 opportunities, eight touches inside the 10 at $4,600? Definitely don't want that. Granted, I had plenty of lineups. Like, in the spy, the $100 spy, I faded Moss. Like, But also, I don't know if it held, but when I looked with two minutes left on the main slate, the Millie winner had Moss in the lineup. So it was one of those things. But, yes, no, Moss didn't hit. Suck for every Moss lineup I had, and he was chalked. But if if I go back and look at this, and it was like, oh, he had 10 touches. This was horrible. He had 21 touches and eight touches inside the 10-yard line. I have to take that every single time. Absolutely. And he was in the Millie Maker winning lineup. There you go. So the other thing is, didn't matter. Seven it didn't points. matter at all, right? Because he got you everybody else. Yep, he got you everybody else and everybody had him. So a bust from Zach Moss, you like really had to capitalize on that. And congrats to you if you were one of the two individuals on the planet that pivoted to Chuba Hubbard or something like that, because that wasn't even popular enough to win the Millie Maker. So, I mean, like, what are we even talking about? Something that just completely doesn't matter. Maybe if you were like a seasonal fantasy analyst tout or something, I don't know if there even are touts for something so meaningless, then you could get victory laps. <laughs> but I mean, like, what what are we... Just instant block, instant mute on Twitter if somebody's stupid enough to actually put that in your mentions. Yeah. Well, all I ask is that you, all I ask is that people at least understand context, you know? That's it. Like, he I'm had... surprised these people even understand how to fire off a tweet. <laughs> all right. Matt's, Matt's fired up today. I love it. I just have no patience for dummies like that. Nope. And plus, it's like, why don't you put your, takes on the line exactly. come out and and try to predict something ahead of time before you come into someone's mentions who's actually putting their takes on the line and putting real american dollars on those takes it's like get lost there's absolutely <laughs> no place for you on twitter or in my mentions i will do i woke up today to somebody and then we're going to get into this game that hit me in the like you know how if there's a tweet that somebody sees they'll comment on the tweet with your handle. So you see it, right? You know yes. what I mean? So they do that. I'm like, that's, uh, who is this? It's six in the morning. I click <laughs> it. I scroll up. It's just this naked dude with like a 12 inch erect hog. That is what I woke up to this morning, Matt. Dude, 
it's funny and you mentioned that. But I, it's a random person that mentioned me in it. Dude, I had a problem with my Twitter settings maybe like two weeks ago. After this, I'll be done. So I'm out to get coffee and I'm sitting like on these high tops. My computer screen is facing everyone in the <laughs> coffee shop. I'm facing the wall. And I'm searching for injury news on this college football player named Johnny Wilson. If you were just a random person on Twitter, great name for maybe someone who's going to take selfies in a revealing manner. So I'm scrolling through Twitter looking for this injured player update because in college football, there's not standard injury reporting. And it's just, you get the picture of what I'm getting at just repeatedly. So I went into my <laughs> Twitter settings and I had to change them because I'm sitting at this coffee shop and people are probably like, what is this guy looking at <laughs> on Twitter with the monitor facing the entire store. So what did you have to change it to safe browsing mode? So Yeah, so now I can't see anything explicit. So, I mean, like, <laughs> even stuff you'd see on the news doesn't come up for me. But I just, Johnny like, I can't Wilson? risk having male penises on my screen <laughs> in, in public anymore. Oh, man. Yeah, not good. Can you imagine my, my su surprise when I, I'm like, oh, it's probably a funny, like, viral clip or... Or, you know, it's like the ketchup and eggs thing. People always hit me up in that. You know, it's random stuff that we have on show. I scroll up and you're talking, it wouldn't fit on my screen, Matt. <laughs> All right. At least you weren't in public, dude. No, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, like my wife rolls over in bed. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? That wouldn't be good. That might be, that's probably worse. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into it. Cincinnati Bengals. 10-point dogs. Uh, you know, this is a 40-point total. We know primetime games have gone under at an alarming clip. It's crazy. Um, Monday night football games. Do you know what? I'm going to ask you. Do you know what the – you know uh, what rate the over or the under will say has hit at this year on Monday night? I don't know. It's absurd. And I also know that it probably correlates with the defensive captains hitting at an absurd rate. 13 and one unders are 13 oh. and one. You'd be rich. Crazy. I've been hammering unders. I hammered the under for Thursday night uh, a week ago and it's coming up now. I got it at 35 between the Patriots and Steelers. It's down to 32. It's a 32 point total, dude. Yeah. I mean, Crazy. did you hit the bears under on that Thursday night? Um, I think my daughter was like a day old. I'm not sure I bet that. Uh, oh no yeah. no that was before because that Thanksgiving was was when my daughter was a day old. No, I I yeah then I did hit. You're talking about the 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 Bears Vikings. What a disgust. Whatever one where the Bears won without scoring a touchdown. But well, maybe yeah, that was yeah. last Monday. Gross game. Anyway, Bengals have a 15 point implied total today. It's not good. Uh it's not good at all. They do have Jamar Chase and T Higgins back. So here's how I want to kick this off. If you're Zach Taylor, right? If you're if you're leading the charge, drawing up a game plan for the Cincinnati Bengals today, you have Higgins and Chase back both both back in the mix. You have Tyler Boyd, who's a fine slot guy. Joe Mixon, who you know hasn't really had much room to run, but you could do worse. What are you doing to try and make this offensive comp offense competitive in a spot like this? Because it's going to be difficult. Yeah, I think you try to get the ball in your pass catcher's hands as quickly as possible. And then just have them win on their own. I would try to use a lot of motion, misdirection stuff. And then ultimately, like, can we just get Jamar Chase 12 targets? Can we get T. Higgins 10 and whatever's left go to Tyler Boyd? And really just try to have those players win. Like, we don't need Jake Browning dropping back like he's Joe Burrow or Pat Mahomes. We just need him to do enough to move the chains. So that's what I would try to do. I'm not an NFL coach for good reason. But honestly, I, I kind of think that... Cincinnati can keep this within the spread. So I think this is a really fun slate for DFS because, I mean, our projections are assuming a lot because we base them on the spread and the total. And if you do that, I mean, a 15-point implied team total is not going to get you very high in projections. But if you do think this comes in closer, I mean, you can do a lot with some contrarian Cincinnati pieces today. So that's kind of what I'm wrestling around with and what I would do if I was a Cincinnati game planner. That's the cool thing about the lineup generator too, though, right? Because you can oh, yeah. actually, you we do it all the time. You can be like, okay, let me bump, let me bump the Bengals up six, and 
and and and Jacksonville down six just to see what it looks like if this game is more competitive than it should be, uh, and the Bengals, you know, outperform that total, then you'd start to get more lineups that look like that. So yeah, I used to have to build that like a caveman and try to assume what would happen in those game scripts, but now there's a tool that helps me do it and filters out all the mistakes I was making. Yeah, Mike, you can yeah, Mike can throw it up on the screen and, and just go all lineups. Uh, while we talk through this and see what some of them look like with Bengals up, Jags down. It's the third one down, Mike. Um, yeah, I'd be curious to see if any of those pop where it's – so it's – yeah, okay, so it's mixing up. It does kind of feel like Mixon would need to have a good game if that were to happen. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Jake Browning just ends up being electric in a game like this. It seems unlikely, especially against a pretty good Jacksonville Jaguars defense at home. But um, yeah, I, you know what I mean? It feels like Mixon would have to be heavily involved in a spot like that. I just don't see how you phase out the run game entirely and and this team can compete. Because on the other side of the ball, it's still a talented offense. Granted, Trevor Lawrence and, and that offense has been fluky at times. We've seen him fall flat. But they have a lot of weapons. Travis Etienne's expected to play. Can't wait to talk about that backfield, by the way. But um, yeah, lineup generator too. It's in the description. It's at the bottom of the description if you guys uh, wanted to check that out. It's an awesome, awesome tool. Uh, if you're more of like a, not even smaller stakes, but just maybe you don't have a lot of time or you're only playing a few lineups or you're playing low stakes, uh, the price point there is going to be huge for you. So check that out if you haven't yet. I The problem I'm having though, Matt, is like, are we getting to Jake Browning T Higgins, Jamar Chase lineups. That, that's what's so tough for me because Jamar Chase, while he's priced down a little bit, sure, he's cheaper than uh, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. He's 9,400. If Joe Burrow was playing, Chase would be like 11,000 for sure. There's no denying that. T Higgins is down to 7,600. Even with Burrow active this year, he was having a, you know, very hit or miss season, a spotty season with more downs than up. Uh, and then Jake Browning's 8,800. So I think that would be the silver lining here is, if you are playing Jake Browning, he's cheaper than almost any quarterback you're ever going to get on a showdown slate. This is probably like Tommy DeVito price point if he were playing on a night game. Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of want to just qualify everything I say with the Bengals that this is going to be extremely reliant on ownership and where our tools move throughout the day. Because right now we have them as relatively owned plays. If they're relatively owned, I'll just side with the Vegas total and the 15 point implied team total suggesting that this offense doesn't have a lot of success. But if this moves towards Jacksonville, which it very well could throughout the day, I mean, you should feel a lot better about like Trevor Lawrence compared to Jake Browning. Then I'll try to look the other way and get some of these Bengal players. And you hit on a lot of things right there. It's really interesting to me that Mixon is our... I guess, for lack of a better word, most positively leveraged player on the Bengals. Rarely do we see this with running backs. And, I mean, they're projected to trail in this game. It's not like his workload is going to get better without Joe Burrow. I mean, he was already handling a monster workload. How much ceiling is there left for him to actually take? Like, maybe they do run the ball a few more times. They increase that run rate. But we're looking at a less efficient offense. Like this could just result in fewer plays overall. And now you're massive underdogs. Like I'm just not really assuming that Joe Mixon is the main beneficiary from this Joe, Joe Burrow injury. And he's not even that much cheaper than players like Jamar Chase. And he's only 600 cheaper than T Higgins. It's really surprising me that he's so positively leveraged. You know what the tough part is for me when it comes to Mixon? He only ran 15 routes last game. Yeah, that's not going to cut it. Right. I mean, he had two for 44 receiving so strong. He had a, he broke off a big, a big catch and run, but 15 routes. Now, granted, I, I should, I should preface this with, it was a low scoring game and Jamar Chase only ran 30 routes, right? Uh, Trent Irwin only ran 23 routes. So maybe, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm reading too far into that. It's entirely possible. Week 11, Joe Burrow got hurt pretty early. Uh, let's see. Joe Mixon ran, only 18 routes. So, I mean, if they fall behind early, maybe Joe Mixon is more involved, but now T Higgins is back as well. It, it, Matt, if I could come into this, if I could come into this show, look at the data and tell you, 
man, Joe Mixon's averaging since Joe Burrow went down, he's averaging coming off like a 28 routes run game. I would like that so much more. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's just like we're making so many assumptions with Cincinnati. One, like, is this actually going to play to the spread? And then with Mixon, he has had games where he has full route shares. Some of those games, there were injuries to other backs, whether it be Chris or, I mean, Brown, Trevion. They use like three different backs at times, and they all are kind of the same as far as their archetypes go, where they are probably third down specialists, and you might prefer them to mix in in those situations. So yeah, the, the 15 routes is concerning to me. And moving forward, we're trying to be, you know, a forward thinking show. Trevion Williams was six routes. Maybe even another back gets involved at some point. I don't necessarily know that this is going to change. If anything, I think it's probably a little stickier given Mixon handles everything on the ground. And generally teams don't want their backs with like 30 touches. He's coming off a 10 touch game. I, I'm having trouble with this because I think you could make an argument that that Joe Mixon's pro- okay. So this is the problem, and this is why I'm struggling. Joe Mixon is seven thousand dollars in the flex. Yeah, I know he's not even cheap, which is why I'm very surprised. No, I think that you don't think that's see. I, okay, this is then we differ here. I think for a, a running back playing 70 percent of snaps, handling still most of the touches. If this game doesn't play to the spread and Cincinnati surprises, I think 7K is kind of cheap on him. Yeah, if it remains relatively close, I think he's probably a little cheaper or efficient. I don't know. To me, it was he's really close to like T, who I preferred, certainly. But I don't know. You're kind of talking me into a little more mixing than I was initially. Who's your favorite skill player for Cincinnati? I think it might be T, but – I mean, like, this is now the second data point going against my initial inclination that Mixon was a little over-owned. And I was surprised to see him in our tools that high. But you like his workload and price. The tools like him. So, I mean, this just could be me, you know? Yeah. I don't know, man. It, it's a t- I'm just – I'm struggling. I'm struggling with that spot because it's not a good matchup either. Jacksonville can stifle the run as well. You you really, I think, would need Joe Mixon to be more involved in the passing game. But again, at 7K, I'm not just going to turn my nose up at that either. If Mixon was more expensive, you know, in that like 8, 9K range, I'd probably have nothing. But yeah, we do. What's what, what's the leverage on him on our, in our tools? Oh, he's really, he's the second highest guy in the slate, 5.8%. Oh, he is. Okay. All right, well... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he looks really good. <laughs> Who's the highest leverage? Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. I mean, that kind of makes sense to me. His volume's so good. The guy just is allergic to scoring touchdowns. Imagine if he ever scores a touchdown. He's going to, like, bury a slate. It's crazy, right? They're allergic to targeting him in the red zone, too. I don't understand why. Didn't he have a couple recently? I thought yeah. that had changed a little bit. I think he went like eight weeks without a red zone target. And then he had a couple over the last few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly it. So that's helpful if nothing else, but yeah. When you have a guy like Jake Browning, do you potentially go, when you have a guy like Jake Browning, do you say, all right, I'd rather have way more of a guy like Jamar chase because he's by far the most expensive or Hey, T. Higgins is a pretty good receiver too. Give me, give me that two thousand dollar discount, and just hope that Browning peppers him with opportunities as well. Because it feels like you're leaning that way, and I kind of get it. It's ma- mainly a price thing. We have That's pretty, I mean. de- yeah, we have a pretty decent sample of T. and Jamar playing together, albeit with with Burrow. Now you have a different quarterback, so who knows what his preferences are going to be. But projection wise, you have. Jamar Chase slightly ahead of T. Higgins in targets. It's actually been fairly close throughout their careers. Now we have a backup quarterback. I don't think T. Higgins, I mean, Jamar's certainly better, but it's not like we're talking about some run-of-the-mill receiver that's not going to get targeted. Like T. Higgins should also have plays designed for him. So to me, it just comes down to is the price difference warranted? Is it wide enough? I honestly think it's a little too wide. 
especially when you consider Jacksonville does have a really high team total themselves. We want to play the Jacksonville studs. So if you want players that just project well in Cincinnati, but still getting to the Lawrence's, Ridley's, Kirk's, ETN's, you do need somewhere to save salary. And I think there's a nice blend of salary savings and strong projection with T Higgins. Man, I don't like this, but if I, if I were ranking these guys, I think I would go, I think I'd probably go Mixon, Higgins, Chase. And it sounds like you would go Higgins, Mixon, Chase or Higgins, Chase, Mixon, but Chase wouldn't be your number one. Yeah. I'm so wrestling with the Mixon stuff. I got to, Got to think about this this morning because I wasn't expecting to see him so, so highly projected. I know last week he only had 10 touches. I still think based on what we've seen this year, it's realistic to put Mixon around that 16 to 18 opportunity range. And would you agree with that? I think that's a pretty reasonable ex- uh, ex- expectation. Yeah, you mentioned it earlier. They didn't really get off a ton of plays last week. So underlying stuff for Mixon was still decent aside from the routes. And that wasn't even terrible, just not ideal. Yeah. So if I'm just projecting him for around 16, 18 touches or or looks, I think 7K is still all right. I would also think that he's more involved in the passing game than he was last time. He's still a guy that has, you know, four plus targets in uh, six games this year, five plus in, in four. Like he can't. I think it'll be there. I think you'll see more routes. I mean, how many, how many snaps, how many plays did they even run last game? It could not have been 43, 43, 43 plays on offense. So, (laughs) I mean, that's the context right there, right? 43 plays is nothing. Not, not a lot at all. What are you doing with some of these tertiary guys though? You know, every time you and I talked about this Bengals team and, you know, we've, we've mentioned the showdown. I think you and I have done multiple Bengals showdown slates where one of Higgins or Chase was out. Now they're both back. And now they don't have, now they don't have Joe Burrow either. So you go from already suspect, you know, sketchy options that are viable only because you had Joe Burrow in there and you were missing a top pass catcher to now having no Joe Burrow and getting your other top pass catcher back. This becomes a really, really ugly spot. Yeah, it is weird. All the wide receiver threes are really expensive on this slate. And I mean, I get it. Tyler Boyd was essentially the wide receiver two without T Higgins, but am I really going to pay 5,600 for a wide receiver three? And one that probably doesn't have the same type of design plays drawn up for him. Like he's going to have to win on his own. He's definitely the third look behind Jamar and T maybe even the fourth, if you include like Mixon in that conversation, it's a lot to pay for him. And I think I'd rather just pivot down to the tight ends i know it's kind of the roulette wheel but at least those guys are cheap they're still providing you avenues to get up to the expensive jacksonville players rather than boyd he like sticks you in no man's land unless he's your only bangler or something like that i'm having a tough time with it and then what about the tight ends though because you have these guys essentially you look at you look at the snaps from last week irv smith drew sample tanner hudson mitchell wilcox they all played 30, about 30%, 37 to Smith percent of snaps, 44 to Sample, 30 to Hudson, 28 Wilcox. I know not all of these guys are pass catchers. Um, and clearly looking at this, they were running twelve some 12 personnel. But what an ugly position to try and get lucky on. I'd still try to get to Irv Smith. Tanner Hudson's price is just way too high for the routes he ran. It was essentially identical to Irv Smith. So you save a ton of money going down there. And the other tight ends are more blockers. Samples routes trailed Smith and Hudson a little bit. So I think that's pretty easy. And then Wilcox is basically just a blocker. He only ran four routes. So he's one I'm comfortable just Xing out unless you're playing very, very large field stuff. Irv Smith, 13 routes. Tanner Hudson, 12 routes. Drew Sample, 11 routes. (laughs) What the hell, man? And then four to Wilcox, like you said. So, yeah, it's tough. Anything else you want to get to for Cincy? Any backup running back conversation? McPherson, defense, before we talk about this Jags team? Trevion Williams is really cheap at 400. He didn't play a ton of snaps, but he had the six routes. I mean, if they do decide to use him more as a pass catcher, he has the skill set at least to play on third downs, catch some targets out of the backfield. And he's only 400. You know, for like 
large field stuff, I would consider him. Otherwise, nothing really beyond that. And we already talked all the backup tight ends. They're in a, the weirdest log jam. All right. Uh, I guess it's time to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, the this the the backfield here is what's most interesting to me and we're going to break all of this down there's a lot to get into here maybe i'm overthinking and it's entirely possible uh one thing that should not and cannot be overthought is the free square on underdog today now i know i mean matt and i do matt and i we're we're the we're, we're the type of guys that can't stand all of the best ball bro stuff on twitter throughout the throughout the summer but we love best ball you know what i mean we're kind of in we're kind of in a bucket of our own and we love it once in a while we'll talk about it but it doesn't become our life in the summer months um you would agree with that right yeah i, I love best ball what i don't love about it is there's no account no accountability so like the people that hitch their wagon to it and that's like their shtick it's like great you can never be wrong I like playing it for fun. And to be honest with you, I played mostly on DK. Me too. And their app is really hard to figure out how your teams are doing, other than just the projected winnings. So I like try to look at individual teams and have a hard time of it. So I'm pretty sure I'm not going to know how I do until it's over. Yeah, it's going to be it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, that's kind of how things work. You don't know how you do until it's over. But I, I get what you're saying. Now, the reason I mention this, underdog um, – honestly underdog is one of the best sites out there right now. Like you should be on underdog. First of all, first match deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars. So if you put a hundred in, you have 200. Now, if you put 20 in, you have 40. If you put 50 in, you have a hundred. Uh, they had the, what was it? Three and a half million dollar best ball tournament, but best balls over in the sense of like drafting, but they have amazing. I would dude. I was sitting in the hospital uh, on, on Wednesday, last Wednesday, after our daughter was born, sitting in the hospital in the recovery room, drafting drafting Thanksgiving daily lineups on Underdog, it it's awesome, man. They have big prize pools for that. They also have the Pick'em contest. Now I can't do the Pick'em contest in Pennsylvania, but many of you who aren't in legal betting states can. And today, free square Trevor Lawrence over a half a yard. If you are a new user, sign up on Underdog. Links in the description. And it's in the uh, and then Mike can throw it in the chat. If you are new and you want to sign up, over a half a yard. So essentially, you plug that in, and you've already knocked one out of two. So like, if you wanted to do a two pick play, now you only have to get one right. You only have to get two right if you're doing a three. Uh, if free squares when with these pick em sites should be taken advantage of every opportunity you have. This is an awesome one if you're a new user. You can win up to 20x your entry fee. Like I said, in a lot of these non-legal betting states, which is huge. Uh, but for me, Matt, it just goes so far beyond the pick'em. Like they have pick'em, but they have the daily drafts, they have best ball, they have the weekly stuff, they have a million different formats. Um, underdog's huge for a reason. But yeah, the free squares is where you have to take advantage of the free money. It's just that simple. Yeah, man, they have the resurrection stuff. So one thing I really get into as the season's winding down is trying to do like the playoff best ball stuff, have Love more that. to root for in the postseason. If, you know, I'm a Bears fan, my team's not making the postseason. Would be nice to have something to root for throughout the playoffs. So I love doing stuff like that too. As far as the free squares go, I mean, like it's called a free square for a reason. It's not quite free money. You still need to pick the second leg of this, but your EV goes up substantially when you have free squares, as they call them on your screen. So take advantage of those. You need to when they're when they're out there for you. Link in the description and in the chat. Guys, it's not just a free square. It's a first match deposit bonus, 100% match up to 100 bucks too. So uh, check it out if you haven't. You'll I guarantee you'll love it there. You'll be tweeting at me with wins and stuff, guaranteed. Uh, I wanted to ask you one question. Sorry, guys, this is a personal thing. Um, when it comes to these playoff rounds, you can start drafting like before you even know who's in the playoffs. Are you Are you into that? Or are you somebody that isn't doing that? Because on one hand, you may, you know who's making the playoff. You know, sorry, not who's making the playoffs, but you know the teams that you want. Like, because you have to make a deep run with this stuff. You can't have the teams getting knocked out in the first round if you're stacking them. Do you have an ideal team to draft for these playoff ones? Because the prize pools are massive. Yeah, I mean, so if you're doing this, 
go look at playoff probabilities. They'll help you a ton. But one thing I like doing is trying to find some of the players that are on teams, maybe in the wild card round that are going to have close spreads, but they're, you know, a stud on this team that might not have as high as Super Bowl chances, but then you get them discounted. That's a good way to win tournaments like this. If you can find, you know, like those leverage plays. Otherwise, just look at some of the players that are right beyond that, like drafting cut. Like there will be a ton of good players that don't actually get drafted. If you go and you take a couple of those or just one of those in every draft, it'll provide you leverage in the bigger tournaments. Otherwise, if you're playing small stuff, just try to use the playoff projections and probabilities to see who's most likely to go far. Let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the backfield is where I want to start with you, actually. You have Travis Etienne is expected to play. Uh, He's dealing with those ribs. The funny thing is this is always that kind of pain tolerance thing. And as a running back, you're going to take a lot of hits. I know they'll throw some padding on there, Kevlar, whatever the hell they do. I don't know if they do that for running backs. I know quarterbacks they do, but uh, kind of limited all week. Do you have any, do you have any concerns that maybe Dearness Johnson gets more work this week and, you know, 10 point home favorites that ETN is still obviously involved, but maybe not as much as he would be if you were fully healthy and they weren't 10 point double digit favorites. Yeah. The last thing you said there, I think makes more sense than maybe even just the injury risk of aggravation on its own is they're massive favorites here. If this game gets up to like 14 points, you know, they're not going to bench ETN, but maybe it's an extra snap here there for Dearness Johnson that we wouldn't originally see in games with tighter spreads, especially in like, I don't know short yarded situations where maybe you don't necessarily just need ETN banging through the tackles. Dearness Johnson's more than capable of doing that. And he's actually been good. It's not like he's just some scrub like AJ Dillon out here. He's actually been pretty efficient for this team. So drop off is certainly there, but he's competent enough where you can throw him out there for a few snaps and not feel bad about it. I'm at least worried about that with ETN. He's still, I think a pretty good play. I will say he does have some negative leverage in our tools, but it's not substantial. If you found a lineup you liked with him, wouldn't hate using him. Dearness Johnson's our most negatively leveraged play in the top single game and showdown plays tool. And I think the only reason for that is because his price point, Matt, he's not that cheap. Uh, that's what kind of sucks. I was hoping that Dearness Johnson would be more towards the tank Bigsby price range because I would have had real interest in Dearness Johnson if he was in that tank Bigsby, you know, 2k range which we see with a lot of these backup running back behind the bell cow but that's not the case today at all you know you look at you look at tank you look at tank bigsby he's 2200 uh all of the other running backs here are just not going to be priced chase brown is 200 uh chris evans is 200 these guys uh who's the other one i'm missing trevion williams is 400 bigsby 22 as far as backups go behind Joe Mixon and Travis Etienne, Dearness Johnson is far and away the most expensive. Now, he should also see the most opportunities, but is it enough opportunity uh, in your mind to pay 4200 for him? I don't think so. I mean, he's close to a 1000 less than players like Zay Jones and Tyler Boyd and players with real roles on offense. And you mentioned some of the other backups, especially on Cincinnati, that probably have comparable workloads. Maybe Dearness Johnson sees a few more looks because of the injury to ETN. But I mean, you go to Trevion Williams, you're saving nearly 4K in salary by doing so. You would probably need a re-aggravation to the ETN injury to really pay off this price tag. And even like even if he falls in the end zone as like a change of pace back, at 4K, I don't think that really gets you there. What do you think he needs to do to truly get you there at this price? Uh, that I'm assuming that he gets some work, but not a ton of work, right? So maybe let's just assume the game's not a total blowout. I'm thinking like seven to eight touches or opportunities. So he needs to score. I agree with you. I think he needs to score. And I'm not even sure that that's enough because – He's leading you to a weird construction. It's not like you're stars and scrubs and you get Calvin Ridley with him. You know, you're probably looking at something else. that's like Tyler Boyd or Zay Jones. So it's like, does a score from him really get you there in the long run when you also probably need to score from Boyd? You know, Trevion Williams catches two passes and then 
Calvin Ridley it does essentially what he's supposed to, or Jamar Chase, whatever your stud is. That 2v2 looks a lot better in my mind than the, like the Dearness Johnson 2v2s. Absolutely. Ghetto Farm Boy said underdog has a 100K prize pool playoff tournament that's almost filled already. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm surprised they didn't make it bigger. I mean, <laughs> I mean right? I Yeah, I, I understand being conservative. It's almost like they're running into a sick problem where it's kind of hard to gauge interest when you're growing so fast. That's true. Wouldn't it be the second one's going to be bigger than the first? It, I mean, dude, it's December. It's December fourth. The playoffs don't start for I what, know. a month. Yeah, dude, we're <laughs> it's still almost in, full. We're still in week thirteen. I know, it's, dude. The fantasy playoffs haven't even started. They're about to fill a tournament. I know. <laughs> we don't know who's in the playoffs. There's a lot to be figured out too. Some of these divisions are close. They damn right they are. Yeah. Um. All right. So then. What about Travis Etienne? We talked a lot about Dearness Johnson. I know I know you said that we're not too worried about what negative two le- two percent leverage on, on Etienne. It's, you're right, it's not a big deal. I will say he is very negatively leveraged at captain, though, for us. 14% captain ownership and uh and 7% top play probability. So the likelihood that he's or I'm sorry, 7% optimal captain probability. That is he definitely grades out as a better flex play for us than he does as captain tonight. I think that comes down to ownership. I mean, you look at the spread, you look at the total, you see a team, 10 point favorites, clear lead back, a good one at that. Very easy to just click ETN in your lineup based on game script and all the factors surrounding this game when actually there's maybe not as quite of a, I don't know, a high chance that he outscores all these other players there, at least not as frequently, you know, you can get some really positive leverage in some of the Jacksonville pass catchers. So I think I'm just going to follow our tools on this and use him in the flex more often than the captain, and then get to a lot of the other Jacksonville skill position players as captains. I got to tell you, I really like Evan Ingram at captain a lot. Uh, We have him very positively leveraged at captain, less than 10% captain ownership, over 14% optimal captain, 15% 15% leverage overall today. You know, I was just thinking about this now. The gears just started turning in my head when you were talking about um, ETN. This is kind of one of those games where let's say it does play close to the spread and and and, and it plays close to Cincinnati's implied total, which is 15, and, and they struggle to move the football. A 15 spot from Evan Ingram at captain could be all you need, right? Like, Jacksonville spreads the ball out. They don't have that clear week-to-week alpha. You know, Ridley, it could be Ridley, it could be Kirk. It it could be Evan Ingram. It could be Travis Etienne. But I don't think there's one where you go, God, fading this guy at captain is going to kill me today, and I can't do it. Evan Ingram at that price point opens a lot up. And just given the kind of the makeup of this game on both sides and the distribution of targets for Jacksonville, Evan Ingram might be my is probably my favorite captain today. I like Evan Ingram at captain too. Again, the volume has been really good with him. You mentioned him spreading the ball around. It's just the touchdowns that haven't been there for Evan Ingram. And I think it's positive. He's seen a few looks in recent weeks. The other thing I think that's a little hard to just reconcile when you're building showdown is you want the guys that can just be the top overall scorer. And a lot of times it's not actually what you need to win tournaments you need the best price adjusted score or the guy that fits the studs into your lineup. So then you have the good score as a whole with Ingram, his price is different. So you can get an extra stud. That means maybe instead of Tyler Boyd in your lineup, you're getting up to Jamar chase just with the salary savings he gives you. So he does that as well, which I think is a little bit underrated in the mind of some DFS players. So I like Evan Ingram, like him in flex and captain see that he's our most positively leveraged player. I agree with that. And I think it makes sense given his underlying usage. Well, you said it. And that's what I was mentioning too, is like a 14 or a 15 from Ingram could get you there. He doesn't need to be the highest overall score. It's not FanDuel, you know, it it makes a difference. And look at the target shares on the season through 11 games for Jacksonville, 22.8% Christian Kirk, 22.2% Evan Ingram, 20.6% to Calvin Ridley. The only difference, and clearly it's a big difference, but touchdowns are so such a volatile stat. Like it's 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 far more unpredictable than you think. The only difference here really 
is is touchdowns. If Evan Ingram had has you know multiple touchdowns on the season, he would not be at this price point. There's just no way. Last year in Jacksonville, he had uh what four touchdowns, and they didn't really even start using him heavily till the second half of the season. At least it felt that way. He hasn't scored a single time this year. I have a tough time believing Evan Ingram goes an entire season without finding the end zone. He's going to score at some point, and I want to be there for it. Again, I don't think the underlying usage is bad at all. Routes run, targets, it's all there for him. And, I mean, with the touchdown stuff, with the red zone stuff, what are we talking about? Like 20 targets max these players have even near the red zone? I have the numbers in front of me. What I'm getting at is we're talking about extremely small samples, especially when you start looking at stuff like end zone targets. I mean, this team might have like 15 total end zone targets all season long. Maybe it's a little higher, but these are just minuscule samples that could change anytime. You're absolutely right. And he had none of them. Here's the funny thing. He has four of them on the season. Ridley has 12. Jones has eight. Kirk has six. Um, like you said, what's the difference between four and eight at this point, but over the last four weeks, let's see over the last four weeks, if you're talking reds, not end zone, but red zone targets, uh, Evan Ingram has two Kirk has three Ridley has five. It's not that it's not a big enough a difference to be like, Oh, they won't look towards Evan Ingram at all in the red zone. Maybe it's matchup specific to stuff too, that they like stuff that we just don't know. Sure. All this to say, I, it sounds like you and I both don't think this is the stickiest statistic and one that could change at any point in time. And if it does, I want to be buying low and anchor who has really good underlying usage. Uh, Chris Raptor, with the price of ETN's backup, is that a sign of more workload and under 16 and a half attempts from ETN? I, I think it's more a sign of a hedge than anything else, the way they price these guys, right? It's not signaling that they're going to get more, but it's signaling that you know, ETN had been questionable and we didn't know if he was going to play. Uh, I, I don't look at that as anything outside of really a, a hedge and a good one at that. They can't be pricing Darius Johnson at $200. No, it would run the slate, kind of like yesterday. Yep. Uh, Garth said that link doesn't give me a promo code, takes me to register. Garth, you don't need a promo code. If, if As long as you use the link, you're good. Just so you know, I, I assume you're talking about underdog, uh, Garth. You don't need a promo. As long as you click the link, that's all you need. Uh, just so you know, you'll get, you'll get the deposit bonus. You'll get the free square as a new user. So you're in good shape. All right. Talk to me about the rest of this team. I think we've broken down most of Jacksonville outside of uh, some of the other big names and kind of the direction I wanted to take, start with the bat, the backfield, get to Evan Ingram, highest leverage play in our tools. And now we talk about guys like Ridley and Jones and Kirk. How do you rank these guys? Also, what are you, how are you playing the stacks? You know what I mean? Like how, how are you formulating lineups? What is some of the structure going to look like? I definitely want at least two of the Jacksonville studs in the pass catcher room. So I'll include Lawrence in that discussion. Our tools were really interesting. It gave us positive leverage on Lawrence in the flex. Primarily it gave us positive leverage on Ridley everywhere. And then it gave us positive leverage on Kirk everywhere. So when we were talking about ETN mentioned wanting to use some of these receivers, particularly as pivots, I think Ridley and Kirk are going to be among my two most owned captains, if not the two most on the slate. And then Lawrence with his positive leverage in the flex just makes an easy add on there. I built some lineups this morning. I also didn't have trouble using both Ridley and Kirk as well as Lawrence. You're probably not getting ETN in some of those instances, but it's pretty easy to build stacks with both of the elite Jacksonville pass catchers. All this to say, they're both elite plays. I want to use them, and I want to use Lawrence as well. Just with the public seemingly assuming ETN is going to get a lot of this like end zone usage, what, what if they just throw the ball near the red zone or score from a little further out? I think both could happen today. All right, so we're going... Say so we're going to build a lineup in a second. Let's say we're building a lineup, right? And we're doing, you know, the fifteen the fifteen dollar one that you and I like. It's the fifteen dollars single entry. I think fifty k prize pool. Yeah, like a mid size field. Yeah. Who is a priority for you, and who is a fade? Priorities are going to be at least one of those pass catchers from Jacksonville. Yep. I like doing stuff that is, you know 
let's just use Kirk for reference. So we'll do like a Kirk lineup with Lawrence, with Engram. I love that three as the start. From there, I want to get one of the good Cincinnati players. I prefer T and then filling my lineup out with whatever's left, if that makes sense. So it's still pretty heavy on Jacksonville, but trying to get at least one good Bengals player. I think you could use Mixon too. I'll think about him a little more throughout the day. And if there's one guy that's just, because we've covered most of this slate, and I assume you're not interested in captaining defense like Jacksonville today? If it burns me for like the 17th <laughs> time this year, man, it could. It has so many times. But to answer your question and to answer it for like the 17th time, I think it's going to be over on because of what we see, we've seen so far this year. But, man, it just keeps happening. It keeps happening. It does. And I, I'll say one other thing. I could see this game going in the direction of Brandon McManus being very, very busy. I just could, right? Like if, if this game plays tight and, and, and doesn't play to the 10 plus points, I don't think it's going to be because of Cincinnati's offense. I think it would be because Cincinnati's defense holds up and, you know, Ben don't break. Brandon McManus has, had some monster games uh I, dude I, I hate to do this to you but bring up his game <laughs> can, are, are you on drafting can you bring up his game log please it's ridiculous yeah i got it it's ridiculous. all right i mean i thought he i've always thought he was a good kicker so holy smokes he's putting up wide receiver two numbers every week <laughs> right look at that i mean there's i think there's a couple ways you could look at this one, he's very good. So if they stall at any point, he's like almost automatic. Yeah. Two, what if they just have more efficiency in scoring position? And then like Evan Engram and Kirk. I mean, some of these skill position players could be in line to eat up some of this too. They're kicking an absurd amount of field goals. A lot. That's what I mean. This is a team that like they move the ball and they stall out. I like Brandon McManus a lot. I think you know, kind of pricey. I would rather have Brandon McManus over Dearness Johnson at a similar price point, though. Oh, yeah, me too. I think I might rather have him over Tyler Boyd. Yeah, that's debatable. Boyd's expensive. I think it's debatable with Zay Jones. Holy smokes, he had a bad game last week. He really did. Anyway, uh, I pulled up Odd Shopper. Dude, I've been smashing some of these early lines, like the under on Devin Singletary uh, receiving yards yesterday, under on Sky uh, Sky Moore receiving over on me call Hardman received just smashed betting yesterday, which was good because DFS could not have gone worse at times. Uh, and then yesterday I'm, I'm looking at it at night and I, I always like, I, I go on odd shopper. The bet, the way to do it, Matt is like, I could be walking the dog and pull it up and just see what the plus EV bets are. Cause they're changing throughout the day. I'm trying to get them when they're fresh because they disappear so quick because books adjust. Right. Because people are hammering. I'm like, sm sharp bettors are hammering them. And Odd Shopper, obviously, you don't even have to be sharp because you're just pulling the bets as long as you're on a bunch of books. Um, I grabbed the Eagles-Cowboys yesterday at 49 and a half on FanDuel. It was up for literally, I tweeted about it. It was up for literally three minutes before they moved it. Penny had it at 52. It's already 51 and a half on FanDuel. Just immediately moved. Uh, the power of this tool is fantastic. So I wanted to show you guys some of our best plus EV bets for today. Uh, how about that, Matt? Evan Ingram, second highest EV bet on the slate, over four and a half receptions on ESPN bet, over four and a half at minus 120. Uh, we actually have Jake Browning at plus money on Caesars, over 216 and a half passing yards. Now, as you know, this is market-based, so it's not a projection-based model. It's finding, it's taking sharp sports books and finding the odds on books that are, you know, maybe retail books that don't have sharp odds, and we're just picking them off one by one. Uh, but it looks like there's some good bets for tonight. You guys should, you guys should check out Odd Shopper. Ben will tell you we just consolidated everything, so now it's one package. All of our plus EV bets for like ten plus different sports. Our parlay builder. Uh, everything for Pick'em if you're not in a legal betting state. Premium Discord with all of our expert picks and a great community and the expert picks tab. Uh, go check the price point out. The link is in the description. It's going to surprise. It is a phenomenal price, an amazing tool. If you are a sports better or you want to get into it, 
There is nothing better right now than Odd Shopper. I'm excited about this, Matt, because I looked at the data and our NFL and our NBA uh, has just been crushing this year. Yeah, I'll say this. It's way too cheap for what you're getting. I actually argued against the price point. I wasn't a part of those discussions, but I saw it and I was like, damn, that's pretty generous. I mean, I I don't really see a reason why you wouldn't take advantage of it. It's it's I mean, like you win, like depending on your unit size, if you win like three bets, it, it's paid for itself. Pretty like much. if you're three bets better or something, even with like a reasonable unit than you were without the tool. I mean, like your subscriptions paid for it, And I mean, there's tons of EV bets. It's, it, it's truly insane. I don't understand it, but take advantage of it while it's there. I only anticipate it getting more expensive. Do you know how much of a gold mine this was for me on paternity leave where I'm dealing with an almost three-year-old and a, and a newborn and I had no time to look up any bets. It's like, oh, let me just spray across all of the plus EV bets. It was a godsend, Matt. Well, that's the thing too. Even if you have your, like your own personal take, like you're like, oh, I really like Jacksonville tonight against Cincinnati. You pull it up. It's going to show you where you should be betting it. It's not, we have yeah. the bets that will show like, also it's really hard to just keep your finger on the pulse of every sport, especially right now when there's 17 of them going on. So it's nice to see the edges that you might not realize, but also if you have a take and you just want to save time, like, and, and I mean, getting the best line out there is exceedingly important in efficient sports like football. Like there's just so many use cases for this. Yep. Yep. Also getting the closing line. All right, I'll stop. I'm just, I'm ex- super excited about what we've done and, and made a price point to where any of you guys would be able to jump in. So link in the description and chat. If you ever have any questions, my DMS are open on Twitter. I'm happy to help you figure out how to really optimize how you're using this tool. Anyway, let's build a lineup before we get out of here, Matt. Um, you know what? I want to kick it off with Evan Ingram at captain. All right. I'm going to build this on the side while we're doing it. Evan Ingram, I'll make it easy and throw in Trevor Lawrence. All right. Trevor Lawrence, let's do it. Lavi misses one week and the NFL goes to shit and we have the most random slate of the yeah dude I I know I I almost I almost hit Ben up being like I wish I just I wish the kid was born yesterday so I didn't have to worry about that suck man uh yeah it, it was it was nuts I was watching red zone and there was there were like three fumbles in a row and then there was a blocked punt for a touchdown and then they go for two and it's intercepted and run back for two point control. Like it just out of control span of five or 10 minutes, by the way, guys, uh, NBA strategy show coming up next. So make sure you stick around for that to get in on tonight's action. There were no NBA games yesterday. So we've got Evan Ingram. We've got Trevor Lawrence. I like that. Matt, if we're playing this, let's say for the single entry, $15, right? Like we talked about the 50 K and we don't have to go crazy. And I think it's only like a, a 12% payout to first place. I, I'm going to go with Joe Mixon here. No issues with Joe Mixon. And just to give you a reference where we are with salary left, 7600 per player. We don't need to just completely punt this off with some scrub at the bottom of our lineup. So we're in a pretty good spot. With this, I'm going to throw in Christian Kirk. We have the salary to get him. Now we have doubles of Trevor Lawrence. Okay. You said Kirk? Yeah. All right. So we got Ingram, Lawrence, Mixon, and Kirk. Let's go. We can really kind of do whatever. Do you want to fade the backfield here for Jacksonville? I have no preference whether or not we do it. We're in a great spot. Maybe I'll... Maybe I'll play this for a Jacksonville onslaught. No, I'm going to get weird. I'm going to go Brandon McManus. That doesn't surprise me at all. (laughs) Listen, listen, it it could work. It could work. We can play everyone except ETN. I'm just going to throw in Chase. It's a single entry contest where we don't need to be insane with salary left on the table, like Millie Maker style stuff. I we have a contrarian it. captain. We have a, I think a pretty contrarian build and a kicker in here. Chase makes sense in my opinion. I love it, man. Hey, NBA strategy show coming up next. Follow Matt at Matt underscore Gajeski. Do it. Follow me at Lafayette underscore D. 
Uh, and like I said, Odd Shopper, guys, if nothing else, go check it out. It's amazing. Link in the description. If you're new on Underdog and want to check it out, that link will get you the $100 first match deposit bonus and the free square on Lawrence tonight. Over a half a yard. Everything else is down there. Hit me up on Twitter if you have questions. Like I said, my DMs are open. Shout out to Mike for producing this one. And we'll see you guys back here tonight, NFL Live Before Lock, for a wonderful showdown edition. Peace.